Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey there, I'm Grant Wall. Welcome to the Planet Football Podcast. This week's interview guest is Giovanni Savarese, the coach of the Portland Timbers. Quick reminder, if you like the podcast, it would really help us if you go to Apple Podcasts and provide a rating and a review, and we'd appreciate you recommending the podcast to someone you know. Onward! Our guest today is Giovanni Savarese, the head coach of the Portland Timbers. Gio, thanks for coming on the show. No, my pleasure, Grant. Good to talk to you. Yeah, likewise. Um, you know, you just finished your second season with the Timbers, uh, took them to the MLS Cup Final in your first season in 2018, in 2019. Uh, kind of a crazy season because you were on the road for so long to start while you were getting your stadium uh, redone. Uh, ended up finishing sixth in the West, went out to Salt Lake in the first round of the playoffs. When you look at 2019 and the 2019 season, how did you feel about the Timbers' performance? Yes, interesting question. Uh, first of all, uh, you know, the first target for any uh, Major League Soccer team is, is to make the playoff. Of course, um, it's not only about making the playoff, but you want to be able to arrive there in the best possible situation, as high as you can. Uh, and, um, and that's, you know, what I think every team hopes for is tries, tries to do. We were, you know, for us, uh, making the playoff was important, but, uh, that's not, you know, the end goal for us. You know, we always want to compete all the way to the end as we did in 2018. We wanted to go all the way to the final, but this year was definitely a, a very strange year, particular year. I mean, you mentioned the fact of, uh, so many, so many games uh, on the road. Yes, we did have the same, you know, uh, situation in in 2018. It was about five games away from home, but playing 12 is a different story. And then when you play at home consecutive matches, you know, uh, the expectation of winning is there, uh, and and there's other factors that you know come in that I think made made it a, a very weird season. Uh, then we had to deal with some some internal situations that I feel. Um, maybe at some points um, took us away for the main focus of what we needed to do. But overall, uh, I, I think, you know, looking at it, definitely uh, for the things that we had to encounter, I'm very proud of the work that the guys did, and especially the way we finished um, playing against San Jose, qualifying to the playoff, and unfortunately we couldn't get the job done against uh, Real Salt Lake on a, on a game that was a strange a playoff game in which we didn't appear the first half. In the second half, we did uh, everything to be able to qualify, and unfortunately, uh, I think that game summarized a little bit our season, and now we're preparing for next year. Yeah, I, I want to ask about, from a news perspective, there's just a big question out there right now about Diego Valeri, um, and it was a strange finish to the season because it appeared that there was some stuff going on back and forth between Valeri and his representation and the team. Um and this player has obviously been very important to the Portland Timbers over the years. What are the chances that Diego Valeri will be with Portland in 2020? I think uh, we might be able to receive some very good news by the end of this week. Hey. Um, so I think uh, things are, you know, I think on the works still. They have been on the works. It hasn't been uh, something that um, that has happened, you know, uh, that, that has been... 
uh, or needed to be done very quickly because there's a lot of factors to it, but I think everything is progressing in a, in a positive way, and then, as I said, maybe we might have some good news at the end of this week. Um, I think the intention always uh, from the club is to make sure that a player that has done so much for this organization is able to retire uh, in, in, in the club that he's given so much for. Um, and, uh, and, and I think it's, you know, it's uh, the hope of all of us to make sure that uh, we can see you know, a future still with uh, Diego being part of the organization. Uh, so everybody's putting their effort to make sure that, uh, you know, that this can be done. And I think the only way that uh, it could have been able to, to get done is that every part of you know, uh, the situation is uh, in tune and, and willing to, to make this work. Yeah, I mean, that's obviously promising news uh, if something could happen with the signing uh, maybe even later this week with Diego Valeri. How much work has there has there been needed to do any repairing of the relationship between him and the team? Yeah, I think, I think during the season, uh, there's been moments in which we were very far apart. Um, uh, I mean, club, I'm talking no particular cl- coach and player. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, uh, club and, and the mindset of uh, of maybe the player and, and, and definitely definitely has had uh, ups mom, you know up and down moments uh, during the season in regards to how everything was going to end up. Um, but I think the good thing is that here we put first of all the values of what we what we stand for as a club. Um, I think also important that the player needed to understand. Uh, certain things and, and look also that he had to make some decisions and, and, and even though uh, there were ups and downs I think uh, uh, towards the end once we finish the season I think uh, things have been as I said working in a very positive way for everybody to be able to start coming on the same ground and, and, and make this very uh, very uh, per se um, you know right uh, mm-hmm. and uh and I think is is what the club stand for is is what we want to be uh, as a club uh, is the kind of culture that we want to have, and um, and even though as I said there was moments of up and downs, especially I would say at the beginning of the season and especially at the end of the season, um, you know we are in a in a good situation and, and everybody's uh, very positive about the situation. Uh, one other player. Uh who is outgoing, has left the team, is Brian Fernandez. Uh, he was a designated player for you. He had his contract terminated after he had been in the league substance abuse program. Um, what happened there, and, and how do you plan to replace him? This is a complicated question because uh, there's so much into it. I mean, uh, a very talented player, a player that was no doubt that uh, when he arrived, impacted in, in, a, in a very positive way. Uh, the team and, and the performance and individually what he was able to bring right away, uh, it was incredible. Uh, it was exactly what we needed in order to, for us to make a, a jump of quality. Uh, but in, unfortunately, things went the other way, um, and uh, and then it became, uh, uh, you know, a, a difficult situation to manage, a distraction uh, for for the group. Um, and uh, and this also, uh, you know, as I said, you know, as a club, we also care very much about the human side, you know, the personal side of players, and making sure that they are that they're okay, the well-being of of the players, you know, that they are not only uh, just a number uh, of a player, but also an individual that we care about, and and that part became a little bit difficult 
uh, I would say not little, <laughs> very difficult. Yeah. Um, and, and unfortunately, he ended in a way that no one wanted to see ended. Uh, but um, right now, what we hope is, you know, for the best of the player that he can find a good path, that he can do well, because it's no question that he's a that he's a very talented player. In terms of replacing him, uh, are you guys looking to make any designated player signings this offseason? Definitely, we we will make the the team better. We will change. We already brought in uh, Superich. Mm -hmm. uh, we're making some changes. Um, definitely, uh, we will add uh, a piece into that that you know that area. That position uh, for us is going to be very important. Uh, so there will not be surprise in regards you know, to the fact that we're definitely going to bring someone there. Mm -hmm. um, and not only in that position, but uh, we we're looking also in other positions as well just to make sure that we're stronger for next year, that we balance the team uh, in the way we feel that we need to for, for the next year, especially for the first time for me as a coach in MLS, having a, uh, you know, a balanced schedule. And um, and so you know we want to start as strong as we can be from from day one. So everyone in the organization is working hard to make sure that we bring the right people, the right players, in the right positions that we feel we need to improve. Uh, and you know, and that's something that we're doing currently every day. We have some very good options. Um, we're excited about the options that we have. Um, so hopefully we can get those things done you know sooner than later. Are there any particular positions aside from? center forward that you're looking to find that balance a little bit more definitely uh i would say uh besides uh the goalkeeping you know uh, uh position i think uh, every line uh, we're still looking for uh for reinforcement uh, mm -hmm. we still want to be stronger in defense i think uh you know with the departure of uh, uh valentin zarek now we we need uh, uh, another player there to to replace that position um, unfortunately, you know, uh, with uh, the rules of MLS, sometimes you know it happens that you you lose good people, good players, and, and now you ha we have to work to replace uh, that position. Also, uh, in the middle and on top, uh, you know, we will bring all the players as well to make sure that we are stronger for next year. During the season, I'm curious, how much time do you spend with uh, Gavin Wilkinson, the GM, and Merritt Paulson? the very active owner of your team and how do those roles work within the team the three of you yes no we have a great interaction uh... we we meet once a week uh... that's a constant uh... we have our lunch uh, the three of us in which we catch up with uh, everything uh... we get to talk about all the scenarios you know uh, things that we're working on situations on the team so we very much inform all of us uh... in, in every area from top to bottom uh, and these lunches are very positive. Uh, you know, sometimes uh, uh, they go a little bit more uh, heated. <laughs> sometimes they are, <laughs> more, uh, but but they always they always very positive uh, because at the end of the day, it's, it's just how the three of us can always think how to make the team a better team. Um, and uh, the involvement of Merritt is great. Gavin has been doing this uh, for many years, and and for me, being able to sit down and, and uh, share, uh, the, you know, the, the, the how we're doing with the team, how we can improve, what we're looking to do, is always very positive. But that doesn't stay only there. You know, I think the communication mm -hmm. is constant. Uh, we always, uh, you know, communicating um, over the phone or seeing each other. And it's not a surprise sometimes to see Mary, you know, uh, showing up in a practice or mm -hmm. coming in into 
the facility and 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 seeing the players. So the the, the connection and the communication is uh, is very proactive, very positive in the club. Okay, interesting. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Uh, I have always associated you with New York, where you played for the Metro Stars and coached the Cosmos. How would you compare the soccer culture of New York to the soccer culture of Portland? Yes, that's a, that's a very interesting question, very good question, because, of course, you know, I've been very fortunate that since the moment that I arrived in the United States, of course, you know, my decision to go to Long Island, Long Island University in Brooklyn, uh, is, I've been in New York, um, being drafted to the Metro Star, being part of Rough Riders, and then being able to continue to work with Red Bulls, Cosmos. Uh, so it's been like uh, my whole life uh, has always been able to find a way to stay in New York. So I'm a very, very much a New Yorker. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have found a, a city in Portland that uh, has an unbelievable culture for sports, mm-hmm. uh, that has a passion for soccer, uh, very, very interesting uh, in, in, in a very European South American type of way um, in, in, in which there's a real passion feeling of, uh, you know, uh, what we represent as a club, as a city. Uh, and, uh, and and for me, it's been great because, um, uh, you know, I need to be in this type of, uh, you know, environment, you know, in uh, the day one when I arrived there and I saw the stadium and I saw the fans, uh, uh, right away I felt that there was a perfect, you know, uh, situation for me as a coach, and uh, and I'm glad to be in, in, in Soccer City, and especially, you know, in a very good area in the United States in, in which the, the, there's so much passion, Seattle, you know, Vancouver, mm-hmm. uh, all that area, I, I think, uh, is an area in which uh, the fans are really connected with uh, their clubs, so they're very passionate about soccer, uh, and it's not that it's only... Um, one type of you know uh, the people is very diverse. Uh, the the fans that go to the stadium and, and make it you know a, a great place to be able to to participate. So we're very very you know uh, proud to to have been able to now be you know the coach of the Portland Timbers for sure. I remember the first year of MLS in 1996, and you were a huge fan favorite with the Metro Stars. Scored a lot of goals, including the first goal in club history. Are there any things that stand out to you when you think about your first season in MLS and what that experience was like? Oof, that that was amazing at a time, knowing as a you know as a passionate soccer player, somebody that wanted to continue to play. That at that time, uh, just finished one of you know my best season in the USISL, knowing that MLS was starting. You know, I remember all of us going to, you know, California and going to that first combine uh, in which everybody had to go there and coaches were there. College coaches were coaching us. The first draft in Manhattan, remember, you know, uh, waiting. uh, Everybody, all of us, you know, where am I going to go? Where am I going to be selected? Hopefully I can be part of it. And especially for me, it was a little more difficult because I was considered a foreigner. So Mm -hmm. there were only four spots that you could take uh, in, in a roster. So it was a little bit more difficult. So then when I got selected with the Metro Stars and being able to stay in New York and being able to, 
you know, uh, play with uh, players that I that I grew up watching, like uh, Roberto Donadoni, being able to play with uh, teammates like uh, Tony Miola in in in, in a great place like Tabramo, mm-hmm. for me was uh, was exciting, and especially was the beginning of uh, something that we all hope that could continue to grow. You know, we were not only uh, happy to be part of a league that was a professional league. We were invested in, in the hope that this league could become something a lot bigger. And looking back right now in, in where we you know started and where, 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 where we are right now in Major League Soccer is incredible. You know, big credit to everyone that has made this league be a, an unbelievable league. And still, I believe that it's going to continue to grow you know, a lot more in the future. Yeah, I mean, MLS is about to start its 25th season, and obviously you were involved in the first. How how different is MLS today than it was in that first season in 96? What specifically is different? I think a few things are definitely different. I think others are, are not, uh, which, you know, sometimes uh, uh, some of the newcomers, per se, in, in Major League Soccer, they don't remember that. We used to have huge crowds as well. I mean, mm-hmm. you would go to New England. You would, I remember Metro Stars. We had 30,000 average in the stadium which was incredible mm-hmm. i mean the 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 the, the excitement i remember i remember that probably all those that didn't get enough of the world cup in 94 they still had hunger you know to see games and they came they used to be part of it so it was incredible you would go to different stadiums uh, and and uh, it was very competitive uh, what i really believe is that uh, we have made huge steps in in the technical side, in in the in the product, in the type of soccer that is being played. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, you know we did have great players back then that were unique, and and I think the, if those players would have been also part of MLS right now, they definitely make the league better. But I do believe uh, that some players, you know, there was a difference between uh, some of the youngsters that were coming uh, from the United States. I think they still needed more. Uh, experience and now I see a league that is uh, that has more depth, that has more quality, that um, that um, definitely there's been more effort to improve the product on the field. I think GAM, TAM, you know, all these initiatives, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the, the DPS, uh, all these have allowed MLS to grow more. Uh, and the more you invest into it, the better quality you will find. Um, now you have scouts. Now you have people working in different areas in organization. Now you have, you know, just a bigger organization that, um, you know, that is always looking to make the club better. So I think, uh, I think from that standpoint, we have improved a lot more, and, and I think we're still going to continue to grow. You won three NASL titles coaching the New York Cosmos. How did that experience influence who you've become as a coach today? I'm, I'm a firm believer that uh, when you do all the steps to arrive somewhere and you continue to, you know, follow that, uh, it, 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 there's a lot more that uh, you get from. And, and I was very fortunate uh, to retire a little bit earlier from playing. Understand that it was a possibility for me to start a new uh, career, a new direction. Uh, when I got uh, offered the, the job with the Red Bulls as a director of youth development and, uh, and a sporting director, which at the time had a, a different uh, position or, or title in, 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 in the things that you needed to do. But, um, you know, being able to be with the youth and start coaching, staying there for a few years with the development academy and, and mm-hmm. being with the Cosmos in the youth, being able to coach in PDL, 
And then uh, when they asked me to become uh, the head coach of the Cosmos for the NASL, I felt that I was making uh, the, the, the right steps, you know, with patience, arriving in different, you know, situations in my career as a coach. Um, and then that, that, uh, that period of time with the Cosmos was very positive. Um, I did not only the coaching part, but also the, the selection of players, the management of, of the budget, and making sure that we were able to be a stronger team. Uh, and not as many people mentioned, we did not have always the the, the, the best budget in NASL. <laughs> uh, there were other teams that you know they spent sometimes a little bit more than we did, but we did have a good you know support from the ownership. Mm-hmm. And then we were able to bring some some great players, and we we tried to do some good things to to challenge soccer, to make soccer better, and and to try to make sure in the U.S. Open Cup, in in the way we competed, in the players that we brought in, that we brought something interesting to. To, to United States, soccer-wise, and being able to, in, in my, in my uh, five years uh, as a coach in the Cosmos, being able to arrive four times to, to the final, uh, one time to the semifinal, win three three championships. Um, it, it means that we did the right thing. Not only me as a coach, but also most of all, the players that we brought in, they they, they understood what we represented. And um, and it was a very positive, you know, uh, experience for me that then uh, allowed me to be able to make the the next jump and now be part of the Portland Timbers. Back in your playing days, Gio, you obviously played for the Venezuelan national team. Uh, the Copa America draw was this week. What is your sense of where the Venezuelan national team is these days? I tell you that this group right now, this group, um, if if of course you know uh, in, in soccer sometimes you, the ball has to bounce away, but I think we have a strong of a group that can go all the way and, and and be able to compete with anybody in, in South America. Yes, of course you have a Brazil that right now is being uh, on fire for many years. I mean maybe I think it's the first time that they lost recently against Argentina mm-hmm. after so many matches. Argentina now is picking it up. It's becoming better. Uruguay is always tough. I mean when you are in South America, it's uh, it's uh, one stronger than the other. Maybe some have gone a little bit down, like Bolivia and Ecuador, in what they used to be. But Venezuela right now is a team that is respected. It's a team that definitely can go all the way, and uh, it wouldn't be a surprise if, if you know, if uh, if uh, we are able to to win the championship. Of course, we understand that it's not an easy situation, but we have a very good group. Uh, that that I think can accomplish that because first of all we have the quality. Second, uh, we have a lot of experience now with some of the players that are playing in big leagues that they have been playing for many years overseas and they have been competing in in very difficult scenarios. So they understand the importance uh, of being able to you know manage a game. And in um, looking back to my days in which you know I started in in '86 uh, my first no in '88 my first mm-hmm. match with the national team and I finished in 2001. Uh, I wish I could have been playing at this time because right now definitely uh, we're in a different scenario um, and uh, and definitely you know very proud of uh, how much we have grown uh, individually as players the way we develop the players and also uh, our national team as well our Vino Tinto. It is clear that in Venezuela right now, times are, are very hard uh, for, for the people who live in that country. Um, do you still have family there? How are they doing? Um, have you had a chance to visit Venezuela in recent years? Yes, 
I have been there uh, about three years ago, and, and definitely it's not the same country that I grew up with. Uh, I, I definitely it was a weird sensation being there and, and not feeling uh, the way I always felt uh, as secure as, as you know as when I grew up in Venezuela. Mm-hmm. For us, our youth was incredible. Venezuela was a prosper amazing country with so many great resources and people and, and and the location of Venezuela you know allow us to be able to travel and, and see the world uh, so it was uh, definitely a place that you never expected that could ever arrive to the conditions you know that uh, that we are today so it's very difficult to see it is is impressive how a country so rich has been able to be completely, you know, taken over and destroyed. Um, and, uh, and and I just, you know, uh, feel very bad for my country, for my friends, for my family that are still there. Mm-hmm. Uh, now less, uh, because my mother now uh, is in Italy, mm-hmm. uh, but I still have brothers, uncles. Unfortunately, my father passed away this, this year. I'm sorry. And, uh, and, 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 and it's unfortunate, you know, they're still, uh, they, they, they have to battle constantly. But the good thing is that, you know, sometimes with crisis and difficulty, there's some positive things that come out of it because people now appreciate our country a lot more. Maybe in the past, the people in Venezuela didn't understand exactly all the things that we had and the privileges that that we had. Now we see players on the sporting side, you know, that now understand that living and and doing well can, can be very productive and positive to their families. So there's a... Uh, 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 more work rate to try to develop and grow and and, and and become a soccer player in order for them to be able to have a better better life. Uh, but every, all of us are always thinking, how can we make Venezuela better? When are we going to be able to see the country that we grew up with? You know, many maybe in a few years, but hopefully we can start sooner than later. Um, and I'm very proud that um, we still have an academy in Venezuela. We're working with youth. My brother is very involved in there. Uh, we created a new league with my father's name, uh, a youth league uh, for kids from 12 to 19 to be able to participate. So we're still very active in trying to help in the soccer side, uh, but definitely, you know, it's, it's sad day by day still looking at our country being this way. Well, in, in 2020, we'll be hoping for the best uh, for your country, uh, for everyone in Venezuela. Gio Savarese, thank you so much for joining the show. Oh, it's been a, a great pleasure. Great to talk to you and, and all the best. Thanks for listening to the Planet Football Podcast. I'd like to thank Gio Sabarese as well as producer Scott Brody and everyone at Sports Illustrated who supports this podcast. Remember, if you like the podcast, it would really help us if you go to Apple Podcasts and provide a rating and a review. And we'd appreciate you recommending the podcast to someone you know. See you next time.